Carrie Jones. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's podcast. This week's guest needs no introduction, and this will be the third time he's been a guest on my podcast. He tells of his plans for the coming season and his recent appointment with Grays. In this episode, he tells us everything you need to know about fishing Rutland water, early season and into spring, areas to fish, flies to use, and methods which will bring you success. The ultimate guide, you could say, from an angler who has fished it for over 40 years. Welcome to my chat once more with Craig Barr. Hello, Craig. How have you been? All good, friend. All good, my friend. Very good. Very busy. Have you done much over the winter? I haven't. No, I've been busy sorting flies predominantly. Um, I mean, Rutland's not been at its best, admittedly, this winter, so I've not been as often. been a couple of times, but that's about it. Yeah, I think the last time we chatted, I saw you briefly up in Rutland in, I think it was June. I haven't seen you since then, but you, you fished Cloedog a few times, haven't you? I have, yes. Yes, I was up there early in the year with the youth squad and uh, hadn't never fished it before, but really enjoyed it. And I thought, hmm, this is worth coming back to. So I, uh, I, I, I came back for four days um, in November. Yeah. And uh, bizarrely, was catching on um, four, size 14 buzzers, which was brilliant fishing, really, given the time of year. Wow. November, size 14 buzzers, floating line with a little fab. Wow. And uh, it was fantastic. 20-odd fish I had to the, to the buzzers. I've never known a place in the winter that fishes so well. I know it's probably more stock in the lake than most reservoirs, but it's a deep lake. And you still get the buzzers out in the middle of the lake. Yes, yeah. I mean, they were there. I mean, I think uh, I was there a few weeks earlier than that. I took a friend of mine from Scotland down for a couple of days as well. And, um, you know, I, I, I'd rang Gareth the day before. So, what do you think, Gareth? I need to get some fish in the boat from a friend. I don't know. And he said, oh, snake's great. Get a fast glass or a dice free. Of course, I'm going down the marble with that sort of stuff. My friend Trevor is, is not. <clears throat> um, up to casting a lot of that all day along with heavy lines and things and he just went on he says I'm going to put the buzzers on because you know, fish were moving I was quite happy off we've got a lot moving to be fair and it was in early late October out in the middle and uh, he stuck on a team and nymphs before knew what was going on he was falling up wow um, on, on little buzzers so I mean that set me to be fair for, for when I went in November that was a little trick that I learned off my friend I think hmm when they're moving like let's get on the top of nymphs and, and that's exactly what I did and then 20-odd fish later. Fantastic. Did you travel up the arms at all? Um, no, I didn't, no. Um, I'm not overly familiar with the place, to be honest. I did early on in the year with the youth boys. I travelled around a lot of the lake and, and caught, I think, pretty much everywhere we went, uh, which is, is, is good to, to know that the fish are everywhere. Um, but predominantly, this time of year when I went in October, late October, November, um, we, we stayed sort of out in front of the lodge, to the left in the big basin area that I, that I kind of called it. I think that's what they call it anyway. And um, towards the cage area. So we didn't really venture much beyond there, to be honest, because I, I wasn't familiar with it at that time. But I dare say, had we gone further left and further right, we'd have still have caught. But you know, you've got short hours that time of year as well. So you've got to bear that in mind. Yeah. 
the venue is a good venue for teaching people as well because you can go out with most methods where you're fishing the bang, you're fishing dries or nymphs or pulling, and it, you'll catch, especially around the cages. So I think it's great for somebody who needs some uh, tuition as well. Yeah, well, I mean, on the back of my visits earlier on in the year with the youth team, um, exactly that. I mean, I do a lot of guiding, and uh, I thought, that what a fantastic place to teach people. Um, and, and, you know, it's full of fish. There's plenty of fish there. And I booked two weeks guiding in June. Um, all days are gone, Monday to Friday. Well, I'm going to be taking people out. But the, the, you hit the nail on the head there. It's the sort of fishery that I just know all methods will work. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tell you enough, I live on the banks of Rutland and I'm traveling three and a half hours to fish somewhere else. But um, I know that it gives you the opportunity to fish all methods and you're likely to catch on all methods. You know, Rutland can be a finicky place as we know. You know, may need to get things right to get specific methods working, let alone all of them working. But I'm very confident that at um, Cluedog that you get all methods working, especially that time of year. I mean, it's, 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 almost certain I think almost certain but say the cage area is a renowned spot there's always fish there so you're always going to catch which which is key really when you teach people you want them to catch a fish and, and yeah. uh, that's why I'm prepared to travel three and a half four hours and spend the whole week there I'm, I'm lodging it um, to, to teach people and it's a lovely location as well isn't it I mean the surroundings oh, the beautiful yeah beautiful yeah. beautiful yeah really so, nice really nice so you're going to be coach again for the youth uh, this coming season, I am. Yes, yes. We we we're on home soil this year, as you say, <laughs> home soil. And and uh, you know the look of the Irish has ran for the last three years. They've won it three years in a row, which I don't think they've <laughs> ever done before. And uh, you know, in all due respect to the Irish, I, having fished through the senior levels, they've never sort of been up there like that. But I believe the senior teams winning as well, and the youth teams certainly winning as well. And and you know, there's some strong anglers there. So and, and England's got some strong anglers. And I think being on the home water this year, a little bit more homework, a little bit more. A fraction of a head start, I would say. I say a fraction because there are only kids at the end of the day, and you know, and, and anything can happen. But yeah, I think being on Drake, I've got a little bit of a head start, um, knowledge wise as well, having run the place myself personally, anyway. You know, there's always a little bit of a head start there, I think. But uh, we've got, we've got to stop the Irish doing four, four in a row. <laughs> I can't be yeah. allowed. Hats <laughs> yeah. off to them. Yeah, they, they, they performed brilliantly. I thought the Scots had nicked it, but. As the Irish results were coming in, I'm thinking these guys are going to take some beating. They really are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well done to them. So when is the season going to start for you then? Will you be on Rutland? Is it 8th of March it's open, I think, is it? Yeah, it's start, it opens early March. So I'm likely to get a day or two in early season for a jaunt, my usual jaunt up to the northwest in Scotland for four days. Salmon trip, which I run every year. I'm uh, looking forward to that. But I will be on the, the reservoir several times before that day kicks in, I'm sure. And is, then April, May, I'm quite busy on there again. Yeah. Is that the trip you go with David Hoppy? It is, yes. Yeah, the Hopmeister, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah was, we, we, he was ill last time, wasn't he? When he was there. He was, he, had he wasn't good, poisoning. yeah. I think he had food poisoning or something. He wasn't good at all, yeah. I remember yeah. knocking on his door. He said, like, come in all like this, you won't. For, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't good. But he's, he's up for it this year again. He's, he's, he's ready to rock and roll. Is he? I've had a few days yeah. with David the last, well, the last year or so. Uh, in fact, the last one I had was on Grafham. We fished for Xander just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, fierce cold. Unbelievably cold. It's not something I would rush to do again. I will do it because I haven't caught a Xander. But it's so, oh, the, yeah. t- the conditions are tough. When you're facing the wind, I don't know if you've done that, Jigging. And, no, oh, no. I'd rather be yeah, in the warm. Perch fishing. 
Yeah. Think about the perch fishing last Sunday, but I had just driven down from Scotland the night before and I just didn't fancy it. I was just tired of a bit of work to catch up with as well. Had a bit more notice, I could have been planned it into my head to, to have fitted it in, but um, you know, I think it was like the night before. I, was, I think I was still in Edinburgh when he messaged me. Yeah. I'm thinking, hmm, I'd love, to, I'd love to have gone actually, the weather was quite good, but he messaged me at the end of the day and said I didn't miss much, he didn't catch any. So it was, it was... You're saying you're going to be starting in March now on Rutland. Is Grafham open at mm-hmm. the same time? Uh, Graf match opens before uh, March the 1st I believe Graf opens and then Rutland follows the week after alright oh, which is your favourite <sighs> I get asked this quite regularly well I live mm-hmm. 10 minutes from Rutland I uh, do prefer Grafham do you I always seem to yeah I always seem to do well on Grafham I enjoy Grafham I like Grafham it's just something that Rutland can be very temperamental you know it, it's it's influenced a lot lots more by the weather, the wind, the sun, the this and that, and you know, and the temperature, everything's Rutland can be so sensitive to the slightest change in weather or anything like that. Was Grafham for me, I find doesn't seem to be as much affected. Yeah. So, and I've always done, I've always done well at Grafham. I always seem to fish better there for some reason. But Grafham, if I had to pick one from a competition perspective, I'd, I'd go Grafham. I think what Rutland has got is got the location, it's got the bays and the arms, and yeah, it, oh, it's, yes. yeah. you know, it's almost like a basin Grafham, isn't it? Almost in effect, yeah, it's got something something different. Rutland, as you say, it's got the arms, it's got the bays, it's got woods, it's got steep banks, shallow banks, deep water, shallow water. Yeah, yeah. Grafham is very much a bowl. I mean, I said from a competition perspective that I prefer purely because, and the main factor is you can see everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if there's a congregation of boats for one end of the lake, you're going to see them. Whereas Rutland, you, you, you could miss that. So, from a competition angle, if I had to choose a lake, it would be Grafham because I could see what everyone's up to. If I'm fishing at one end or one side, and I'm seeing a congregation of boats at the other end, my eyes will be watching to see if they're going back round again and back round again. And if they are, that tells you everything you need to know. Whereas at Rutland, you, you, you don't get that as often yeah. because you could be at one arm that could be all happening at the other arm and you just do not know until you get back into the pontoon and everyone's bagged up and you're on three. <laughs> yeah. Been there and done it. So, Well, hey. it's, it's Rutland I want to chat to you about yeah. in this episode now mm-hmm. um, and anyone wanting to fish it early season. Um, yeah. like I, I've been there a few times and I, I, how many years have you fished it? Ooh, 40. Wow. As regards early season, um, I suppose it is, I've never been up there early season, but I guess yep. it's very much the same as other waters, like the Welsh waters and Chew even, that most of fish are in the sides, and you don't really need a boat. Do you find that in Rutland? 100%, 100%. Um, I only fish boats for easy access and, and scooting around the lake, but the fish, you know, they're freshly stocked, so they're in the region up to 20,000, I believe, going pre-season, and always, always in the margins, always tucked in the margins. Um, deep holes, just scattered along the shorelines. If you know where they go in, they're always going to be there or thereabouts. Tend to run to the opposite bank, in Whitwell Creek, uh, Normanton Shore, Fishing Lodge area, Church Bay. Um, another known spot is um, Old Hall Bay. They're always in there, Sailing Club Bay, very much... Um, and uh, gibbets they're always along the edges so yeah you don't need I mean you don't need about probably the first six weeks really eight yeah. weeks you know they, they're in the margins constantly and, and this year in particular just gone they're in the margins right to the back end of June um, right. in, in a foot of water on shrimps and stuff and it was world class fishing and we just hope it repeats itself this year because it was a bit certainly very different I've never seen that before yeah when, when they put fish in pre-season stock 
do they take them around the lake to spread them out? Yes, or yeah. They do still, yeah, do that. Yeah, they stock them to the stocking spots. It'll be um, Whitwell Creek, the lodge front itself, sailing club off the ramps, gibbets through, sorry, berryboots, gibbets even, sorry, through the bushes there. The, the lorry can run right next to the track and they put a big chute through there. Old Hall Bay, the reverse of the lorry right up to the edge of the water there. Green Bank, which is on the south arm, up against the trees in the corner. That's another stocking spot there. Um, Transform on the north arm. And also you've got uh, Dickinson's Bay on the point there. They are the stocking spots. Every one of the places I've just named is where they go. And the blue pipes, quite often the lorry comes down to there and drops from there it's really deep. They are all the stocking spots. And uh, they will put them in all those areas at the start of the season. Yeah. And as the water level drops, if we get warm weather and, and obviously a lot of water usage and not a lot of rain or whatever drops, a lot of these places become inaccessible due to not being able to get the lorry close enough. So it then becomes the ramps, the sailing club, the lodge, Whitwell, um, and also uh, the transformer as well. And until that gets a bit boggy, then they can't get the lorry in there. So if you think about it logically, if the water's dropped a lot, and the areas are certainly very boggy, which they have been the last few years, they'll only put them in where they can get um, lorry access, which is normally the concrete ramps, sailing club, lodge, and Whitwell. I guess that after a couple of weeks, then they'll have the angling pressure on the banks and they'll just move mm-hmm. anyway. So they'll be more spread out after a month or two, I guess, then. Yeah, yeah, they they are. I mean, early season, they're generally in the areas of the gone, but once you get a lot of anglers on them and boats on them, they will scatter around, but they will tend to still hold tight to the shores. Yeah. As regards targeting overwintered fish, you know, it's nice to get your arm in early season to get a few stockfish. Mm-hmm. If you were targeting overwintered fish, would you head for the arms or they'd mixed in in the main basin, really? I suppose there's overwintered fish everywhere. But if you were after them, where would you head for? If I if I wanted to catch a big one um, early season, there's one place, one place I would head, and that is to the South Arm Hideaway Bay. Right. No, it's a renowned, renowned place. Uh, you need a tip line, six-foot tip line, fast or slow tip, Three or four, if you can fish them, 18-foot leader, size 10 straight or size 8 grub hook buzzers. Whack it out off the mouth of the bay, not right into the bay, off the mouth of the bay, and let them drop down. It's, I wouldn't say guaranteed, but that's where they'll be. That's where they always are, and you've got a good chance of catching one. I wonder if I why you get about on April the 1st when you're allowed up there, because you're not allowed up there until April the 1st, um, I'll be there. Oh, is it? Even though it's open in March the third, March the 8th, you're not allowed to fish the boats up the arms? No, you're not allowed at the top of the arms um, to do with English nature. Oh, right. Sanctuaries and that sort of thing. So it's draw a line from Gibbets uh, across to the Old Hall Bay and the same from the Transformer across to Dickinson's Bay. You're not allowed to be on those points until April the 1st. Right. You've seen so you seen gibbets. The top of Manton Bay It's too shallow. Top of Manton Bay is too shallow for early season fishing in deeper water. Once it warms up, sort of May June time, then you will go into Manton Bay and, and potentially pick a bigger one up. But early season, no. What sort of fish have you had in the past on buzzers fishing at uh, Hideaway? Oh, seven, eight pound browns. Yeah, the browns. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, did Graham Hayward had a double last year up there. I know it's where um, myself, my brother, Graham Hayward, Toff, all head to there for the big ones early season. 
Wow. And then once once one or two started to get caught, every man and his dog's up there. And, you know, the window of time is normally a couple of weeks before it's been battered, if you like, with anchored boats sitting on top of them all day, every day. And it soon it soon disappears, you know. But if, if you get up there when it's right and get up there early, i.e. first-ish, from the 1st of April onwards, get a first week or two in, visit, visit there regularly, you've got a high chance of catching the big fish. So you won't tell anyone, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, get up there with the buzzers and the browns. We're knocking around, and it's a, a big lure on a, on a fasting kilam will, will suffice as well. I yeah, say. that's what I find is especially here that even when fish are on buzzers early season, just when they start, in I find you don't really have to match the hatch because the fish are hungry. So anything yeah. really, you know, you put in front of them within reason. They're going to be tempted to go for it anyway because they just they have a winter without much food on the Welsh waters anyway. Maybe that well, there is more feed to places like Rutland and Grafham, but you know you don't have to be too fussy. But when you're fishing these buzzers, are you large buzzers then? Are you like a size ten? Yeah, yeah, heavy buzzers. Yeah, heavy size tens or eight scrub hook eight buzzers, and and pretty much hang them, put, hang, fish them on the hang. You know, get the depth and then just hang them. Yeah, and it just wallops over. You know, you've had a couple of browns, nice browns this year, haven't you? Uh, I had one at seven and six this year. That's been the biggest. I think last year, the year before, I had a few more. But um, I had a decent one this year. It's not, they've not been as prolific this year. Saying that, I can let you into a little secret. If you're enjoying this podcast, consider becoming a Patreon. You get weekly podcasts from the biggest names in the sport, access to over 165 episodes, including Craig's previous episodes, behind-the-scenes photography, and other exclusive content. From just £5 a month, tune in, visit patreon.com forward slash castingwithkerryjones, or see the link on my website, castingwithkerryjones.com. I don't think he's been out on Facebook yet, um, but I've seen a video. A pike angle on the last day at Rutland was fishing out in the basin and had a £16.9 brown trout. Um, on a big heavy rubber jig wow. thing, fly. Um, and what's interesting was he had the sonar. I mean, excuse my ignorance here because I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to pirate fishing, but he had the sonar scanner TV thing. And um, I, I actually watched it on this screen that someone had sent on a, on a uh, to WhatsApp to, to one of the wardens. And I watched this little film. And all it was was dots. So there's a pink dot, which yeah. was his jig, nine meters deep. And there was another bigger dot going around it which they did was a fish and then bizarrely which is very typical of brown trout um f- taking the bait at the surface which i find when i'm pulling for them on humongous lures nine times out of ten you hang that fly because that's when they're going to grab it nine times out of ten they'll not hit it when you're pulling it they'll hit it when it just comes to the surface and stops that's when they'll take it. and exactly what happened with this jig that i watched on this video the guy had saw the fish nine meters down on his little screen was watching those little pink marker which was his his um, jig fly and then there was a bigger mark coming up against the, the fly down below and the guy was going like that's the fish and I was watching his jig coming towards the surface and the guy was obviously jigging it up to the top and this big shadow the shape on the, on the screen was the fish following it to the surface and it hit it right near the top 16 pound 9 Wow. I saw a photo. Jeez, oh, I watched it go back a little video clip of it going back I was like wow so they are in there oh, I'd love to and see that yeah, well, I think they're going to put it on Facebook. It was just a yeah. couple of days ago at Rutland, and, and you know they said not to say much, but I mean, I'm sure it'll be out, probably if not out already. Um, but yeah, it was taken out in the basin. Yeah. Nine metres deep. It's pretty deep. 
I'm sure there's, you know, with my experience fishing the Corrib and fishing for the Ferox, the, if you fish the right technique on Rutland, you're going to pull some huge fish. They're not, they won't catch them on a fly. You catch the odd one. You know, I mm. bet there's 20 pound plus trouts in Rutland with no hesitation. Oh, it's absolutely got to With all the coarse fish in there as well. My, I had a, um, was it last, year before last, I had, you were saying about gibbets earlier on. I had a five and a half pound perch from gibbets a few years ago. That was incredible. Mm. I'm not really a, a lover of uh, like catching coarse fish on a fly, but it was impressive. You see a five pound perch and it's like jaw dropping, the colours. Yeah. It is, it's like prehistoric. Yeah, I had a three and a half pounder on a uh, buzzer this year on an indicator in the sailing club bay. I mean, again, like you, it, I mean, fly fishing for coarse fish just doesn't float my boat, unfortunately. But, um, you know, this one took a buzzer under the bar and it was, it was a, a historic, like I say, looking thing. Not the prettiest looking thing to me, but it, it was some size of a fish. And then the guy at the other end of the boat appreciated it a lot more than I did. And he said, oh, you've got to get a photograph. He's got to get a photograph. And he took a nice picture of me holding this big perch. But, yeah, it just took took the buzzer on the bung. Yeah. Well, I guess the buzzers will kick into their own. Usually in the past, it was like end of March, April. But, you know, the seasons, the last three years, I've noticed, they start earlier, everything hatches, and it goes warm then for the rest of the year until September. Nothing really happens then until September, October even. Yeah, the the buzzer season's definitely getting... uh, It's a month earlier than it it used to be. I think it starts in March. It used to be April. When I first started out fishing years and years and years years ago, it was definitely April, May into June, but now it's March into the middle of April, and it seems to slow off. Something is an experience for me the first time I've seen it, and I think I'm right in saying it was the first time it's happened in Rutland. When I was there in June, the fish were... I expected to be fishing at a three-day fishing for the pin fry feeders. But they were in close to the sides, and I, after about halfway through the day, I thought, hang on, they're not feeding. I, I couldn't catch them. They weren't actually on the pin fry, but they were feeding on these shrimp. And I don't know if... They, if is that something new there? This year, yes. This year, um, I've never seen anything like it, where they were so, so tight. And, I mean, I'm talking inches from the shoreline and, and it's hard for people to potentially possibly believe that but literally were, inches of water i've caught them i had yeah. a brown trout that was no more than three feet it was inside three feet from the bank five and a half pound on a size 16 um grunter oh, right nice. in the mud. i mean like, you would never imagine a fish like that would be so so close to the bank i just saw a little nose stick out that's all i saw flick my fly in front of it up it come and it was five and a half pound going bonkers in like five inches of water it was crazy and and yeah so that it, it's i mean it's it's, it's it was absolutely fantastic and i just hope that it follows on this year i'm certainly hoping and, and praying it does because that was absolutely fishing out of this world that was down there major and they weren't easy you know they weren't oh. easy to catch down a six pound line often a single fly and and you know that was a key. I fished a little suspender hairs here, um, hybrid shrimp that I tied up. Suspend a piece of foam, hairs here body, a little bit of sparkle in the tail. That was just murderous. That's, Flick it in front yeah. of them, let it sit there, and it just because you, you're fishing nymph and anything. That's what water's on the bottom within seconds. So you needed something suspended, and they really came into their own. Six pound line was key as well. Very very jinkly water, shallow. So anything that's floating on the surface, spook them. You know. 
Yeah. But, uh, oh, it was, it was incredible. Absolutely amazing. They were quite brazen, though. they just lasted, though. kept going and going and going and going and going. They just kept coming. Yeah, you couldn't spook them. You're going back around, back around, back around, and they were still there, yeah. chomping yeah. away. Yeah, just leave an area alone for five minutes, come back, and they're back in again. Yeah. It was on the yeah, suspender hairs, yeah. I think I had most of my fish. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a perfect flight to fish in shallow water. Just sit it at the surface where they want it, and they can't miss it, you know. It's just they were swimming around in a foot of water, and it's just sat there in front of them. Happy days. Yeah. Like, we worked hard, and we had a few fish, and we thought, oh, let's try someone else. And do you know what? We went around, spent, like, half a day just trying the usual spots for something different. But we, we ended up then. It was between the pipe and Normanton. You were there one day when we were there fishing with sauce. Mm-hmm. That small area there, and they were just gorging themselves in it. Oh, brilliant. Three-day trip we have in June, but this year we had a meeting, a few of the guys now, we're coming up in September. I think it's the right. third week. Maybe get some fry feeders by the tower. We had a good day when we went uh, and fished the tower. We did. You'll be four mm. last. Someday that was, wasn't it? Someday. You landed two or three, I think, and they were round about the... Seven pound plus, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. seven pound plus browns. And when they're there, they're, they're, I won't say they're easy to catch, but you've got a, a much heightened yeah. opportunity to get them when they're on that frenzied frame of mind like that. They're, they're off balance a bit, and you can catch them if you fish for them, right? Yeah, we both hit about another four or five each, but which didn't mm. stick. You never know where you're going to get there. No, that's it. That's what I like about it, that tower, that North Arm Tower, where it's... It's a very um, quiet location out in the middle, 40-odd foot of water. You know, there's going to be some huge ones lurking around there for sure. I mean, I've seen them. I've seen them, I think, up to 15 pounds there before. Not hooked them, but I've seen them. It's the sort of thing you've got to be focused. Because when we went out, it had been tempted to go here, there, and have a few fish, knowing we were going to get a couple. But when you go to the tower, you could go all day without the fish and then hit something special. Mm. It's much better to stick at it. Yeah, then, you've got to, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you're going out, I mean, I think we said we're going to go out for a big one, didn't we? So yeah, you've got to stick at the area, just stick at it, stick at it, stick at it, stick at it. You know, I'd rather go there and get one eight-pounder yeah. and, and come off the water, mission accomplished, than spot around here and everywhere and get six, seven, eight, nine yeah. stockfish, if you like. You know, they're, they're worth catching because the whole adrenaline rush when you see it in the water, it's like, jeez, oh, <laughs> get it in the net, you know, and then there's job done, isn't it? Yeah. But and yeah, you've got, to, you've got to keep at it for those, yeah. you know, they're, they're dinky that size. Do they get rainbows by the tower there then? Yeah, yeah, I, I had a decent one a couple of years ago, a nice big drive actually, about five and a half pounds um, on, a, on a black humongous on a die three. Um, but they're, they're not, there. I mean, it's a known brown spot, it really is a known brown spot. Yeah. Um, not so much rainbows, I think the depth is what, what keeps the browns there, but uh, I had, a, I had a, a lovely rainbow there. Uh, two years ago, about five and a half. Nice. So they are there. They are there, but uh, it's, it's definitely a brown spot. Definitely. Yeah. I noticed on social media the other day, you had some news with greys. What's the story there? Ah, yes, yes. I'm uh, now on board with greys, fishing tackle. Uh, yeah, it was in, in November, to be fair. I mean, it was a bit of a shock out of the blue, really. I, I got a, 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 a message on my phone um, I think from the commercial sales director, I think he was, and said, um, we'd like you to could you give me a call, please. I was thinking, what do you want? Yeah. Strange. Um, you know, and I really thought, what's this about? You know, do they want my flies or what, what, what's happening? So I gave him a call back and um, ha- had an interesting chat with him and 
cut a long story short, you know, they were keen to get me on board as a sponsored angler with them. You know, I think Gray's, you know, their own admission have, have lost away a little bit in, in the fly world and, and they want to get themselves back on track, which I'm sure they're more than capable of doing. And uh, they said, would I like to come on board with this new sort of venture and plan and whatever else? And, and you know, they, they talked very positively about what they're doing and uh, how I could get involved, et cetera, et cetera. And in all honesty, um, I just thought, you know what? A brand that size, I'd be crazy not to be involved, I think. That's how I felt. I mean, I've been very loyal with Richard, been with Richard for a long time, 10, 12 years. And fantastic products, fantastic people, great time, no issues. Everything was rosy. But, you know, when, when greys come knocking at your door, it's it's just a different ball game in my head. You know, I'm thinking, well, I'm getting at the age now where, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to take a leap, it needs to be now. And uh, I think greys w- would, would be the right place for me. Yeah, they are going to benefit from having you on board because, like you said, they I wouldn't say they lost their way. They've always been up there, greys, and they greys and hardies. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it seems, I don't know, perhaps they've gone a bit quiet. But I think with well, someone I mean, like... You know, I say lost their way. I mean, they've, they've certainly been a bit quiet in the field. Yeah. Um, and I think they just want to put themselves back on the map again. And, uh, you know, I was more than happy to be part of that. Brilliant. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, yeah, it's uh, exciting. Well, the only thing would get better for you then is to get signed by Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> If only I tell you what the way they're playing at the minute they could probably do with me in the back. I hope they're on good. No, I, I hope so too. I hope so too. I'm up there tomorrow night, Bristol City in the cup and then oh, Newcastle United at home on Saturday. That's right. Because So it's all go. Yeah, we I all I thought I thought it was guaranteed that we were gonna play because we played West Ham now, we played Bristol City and we fluffed it. And we'd have been playing you. There's one guy, I can't remember his name though, playing for Bristol City. He's doing really well. Calf strong team. You'll have a a game on your hands with them, and yeah. Then I mean, I'm, I'm hoping the fact we're at home, we'll, we'll swing it our way because they weren't easy to beat. I mean, we didn't beat them, so that's all right, really, isn't it? Um, but yeah. you know, Forest a little bit unpredictable at the minute, a bit up and down, if I'm honest. So who knows? But I'd like to think at home we'll beat them. I hope so. Have you got we'll any see. goals for this year? Goals for this year? Um, well, <laughs> I'm very busy. I know that. Obviously, I've got Gray's in the background now so I'm hoping to do some things with them uh, I've got a potential trip to Canada I'm away to Australia in the summer for a month so potential trip to Ascension Bay in Mexico next year now 2025 nice. so there's a lot happening the flies are busy I'm you know increasing them constantly I've uh, just opened an account with a, a guy in America yesterday his orders come in so that's good um, so that's that certainly keep me busy and as, as far as actually fishing goals go just get out as often as I can, really. That's what, I, what I'm aiming to do. I like being out. I've got a lot of guiding happening again, and I'm looking forward to my week on um, Caledog. And I've also got five days booked on um, Lake and Teeth. And I guess um, gold for the youth. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. oh, Christ. Yeah, I can't forget that. Absolutely. <laughs> but that, that's the ultimate this year. I think, and think in the back of my mind, glad you said that. In the back of my mind, that's the one for me. That's the one we need to get right. Get the, uh, the England youth winning gold at home it's the first time I've actually been an international at home due to COVID it skipped so uh, I, I missed it you know I've been, I've been on, on the helm now for six years now I think it is now and uh, we're two years out with COVID so uh, it's, it's the first time we've been at home so I'll look forward to that just to mention as well your flies flash attack all the patterns which you mentioned now about for the early season in 
in Rutland. They're all on your website, and they so they can make an order directly from your yes, website. Yeah, yeah, I've got thousands of choice, whether you like barbed or barbless. They're all there, and uh, yeah, yes, you know, we will happily help people out. I get many emails from beginners wanting to know what to use, and I'll put sets together for them. And I say, just let me know your budget. I'll work to that for you, and I also throw a few extra in for everybody. So. Um, yeah, we can certainly sort that side out for anybody that wants to um, stock up for the season. Starter, yeah. beginners, experienced, not so experienced, starter kits, we can sort anything out. Yeah. Just get in touch. Well, hopefully I'll be up now. I don't know if I'll be able to make it in March, but April, I'll give you a shout and we'll have a, a day or two yes. up then. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a day up at that Hideaway Bay, mate, if we can. Um, yeah, on, on I like the deal of that, uh, yeah. that yeah, it'll, it'll be good to get a whopper on the buzzer up there. Yeah. And it really is good. You know, we get it right. So mid, I'd say mid-April. Carrie, if you can come around mid-April to early May, that's the time. Definitely. I'll be in touch. We keep in touch now and we'll, we'll uh, sort something yeah. like yeah. Nice one. Well, thanks again for joining me, Craig. And You're welcome. Uh, I hope to Always catch a pleasure, up with Carrie. you soon. Always a pleasure. Cheers now. Lovely. Take care. Cheers now. Tight lines. Thank Bye you. Bye now. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more, please consider becoming a Patreon. We will get weekly podcasts and access to over 140 episodes, behind-the-scenes photography to go with each episode, plus other exclusive content and prizes. To become a Patreon, visit patreon.com forward slash castingwithkerryjones, or you can find the link on my website, castingwithkerryjones.com. That's all for now, and tight lines... And may they always be up in the wave.